Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do. You know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Welcome to this podcast mashup with two literary podcasts in one episode. I'm Danny V from Words and Nerds podcast, and we welcome Samuel Elliott from the Right Way podcast. Hello, Sam. Hello, Danny. How are you? Thank you so much for having me slash being me. Oh, I'm so happy to speak to you again. I just noticed your t-shirt. You got merch, man. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. That was Again, that was my lovely girlfriend that, that got that for me. That wasn't oh. me being organised. <laughs> well, but yeah, thank you for noticing. Lovely. Thank you for noticing. I just I, noticed that it's lovely. I like it. Very subtle. Unlike my t-shirt, was this giant circle in the front. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about I us. I like so. the design. I think the design's good. No, 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 I like I like yours. I think it's good. <laughs> now we should tell audiences how we met. Do you want to tell that story? Yes. Well, I already. Your reputation had preceded you in that I'd already listened to a few episodes of <laughs> Words and Nerds um, prior to to meeting you. But um, as soon as we got into, so obviously, sorry for listeners. So we um, met in a digital uh, digital writing class for Faber Writing Academy with uh, RWR McDonald and Catherine Kovovich. I think that's that's the right pronunciation for Catherine's surname. Uh, that was a crime crime lab. Uh, last year, yeah, wow, yeah. time's fine. Yeah, so that was that was a crime crime writing uh, lab, and yeah, and as soon as we got to the digital room, when everyone was kind of like there, as you're a little bit awkward, even you know, in a normal social setting, but especially in a digital one, I saw you, and I was like, I definitely recognise Danny, and yeah, so then obviously you were really supportive and talking and. Um, stuff like that, so suggestions and feedback throughout the throughout the well, eight weeks or whatever it was that just flew by, and then I wanted to ask you a question because you you had given um, me feedback about something and I knew that I wanted to get into podcasting, so I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll ask Danny 
a question like I, like I don't know if this is this is imposing but I, I hope it's I hope it's not and it wasn't and then you responded with this really really awesome totally veritably uh invaluable advice on how to kind of get set up this little tutorial how to and uh yeah that's a very long-winded way but yeah that's that's <laughs> kind of how we met and then what that culminated in yeah, absolutely. And it was, I know it was awkward being on screen. Look, I think I'm awkward anyway in real life, but it was, it was funny. We just kind of clicked, didn't we? We just kind of went, Hey, I think we should be friends. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't, I, I don't know about this awkwardness. I, I, I call, I don't know about that. Danny. I, I remember <laughs> you're, yes, you describe me as very personable in the flesh or in digital. So yeah. Maybe I just feel awkward all the time. Maybe it, maybe I hide it well. <laughs> I don't know. Could could very well be, could very well be. It's all subjective. It's funny how you said, you know, you're always thanking me for the advice I gave you on the podcast. And it's funny because I remember that exact moment, right? And and I know that I did think very deeply about it, but I was actually at the museum when you messaged me and my kids were doing oh, something. Yeah. yeah, they were doing something. They were amused. And I was just sitting at the cafe and I'm like, I'll just punch out an answer now. So I did that. And I still remember exactly where I was. I was at the Canberra Museum writing you an email. Oh, yeah. Wherever you were, I mean, you clearly weren't distracted because you you gave me this amazing advice. So incredibly good at multitasking in exotic areas. It's an inspiring place, so, you know. But, hey, good. tell us about your podcast, The Right Way, spelled W-R-I-T-E, of course. Give us an ele- elevator pitch for your podcast, Sam. I have been interviewing for a number of years um, a lot of different people, predominantly writers, Um and what I kind of always wanted to know, and it was something that I didn't really see all that much in, uh, depending tonally on some of the some of the podcasts which I had listened to, or it just it just didn't really generally come up in in some conversations because naturally a lot of the time when you're talking to writers or uh, you know a published author, they're uh, they're to mainly talk about their their latest and greatest work, yeah. But um, for me, what was always kind of attracted and intrigued me is because I know as a writer, you're a writer, um, probably a lot of people listening are writers. Um, we all kind of go through some pretty uh, unrelenting hardships and challenges and trials and tribulations to get the, you know, the the end goal there, as it were, or at least you know along the road to to publication. So everyone, everyone, um, you know, Man Booker winning, Miles Franklin winning authors encounter some period where they're like, "What am I doing this for?" And they prevail, they prevail, but there, there's, there was some sort of challenge in which they had to overcome, yeah. So I kind of originally, I wanted to delve more into that and focus on that. And that's what I kind of sort of did with the first few podcasts. That was what I had in mind anyway, Danny, when I first kind of got it set up like that. So I just wanted to focus on what an author, regardless of what stage they're at in their own career, you know, best-selling author or, you know, as yet unpublished or debut novelist, what is the greatest challenge in which they had to face and overcome in order to keep going? I love that, Sam. It's, really, it's so fascinating. And going back to you being an interviewer way before your podcast, you've interviewed some amazing people. Mm. Tell us about who you've interviewed. Uh, yeah, look, some of them are, some of them are wild. Um, probably the craziest was uh, Bill Murray. Wow. Um, the actor Bill Murray, when he came here for... Well, it wasn't a one-on-one interview. It was a it was a media scrum that I kind of like um, talked somehow managed to talk my way into out the front of the Sydney Opera House, and uh, yeah, it was me. I had worked the night before I, I, um, from midnight till seven in the morning, and then kind of went straight to this thing in peak hour traffic into the Opera House, 
um, Sydney Opera House at like, you know, nine in the morning and then managed to, yeah, get a pass. And then I noticed that there was like, there was the scrum of typical kind of like um, people that you would see at these sort of events, kind of like real season journos and stuff like that. And then they were all kind of mingling and talking and having coffee and stuff like that. And I noticed that there was tape, like little squares, like little, sorry, little crosses that were at this area. And I was like, what's that? Like, I'm going to go there. <laughs> and then uh, sure enough, that was where, so they, so they brought out Bill Murray and Jan Vogler, who were part of this quartet um, that were performing because Murray does a lot of um, singing and stuff like that as well. And that's what he was performing with his, his quartet. And uh, sure enough, they came directly up to where I was. And then I was kind of like swarmed in and scrummed in. And the photo still exists. It's still on um, the Sydney Opera House's website in the Media Hub section. I randomly looked at it the other day. And it was me there. And I'm like, oh, they're looking all scruffy as I am going to do. And uh, they're for Chuck Norris shirt on. That's what Bill Murray said, complimented the shirt because I got a photo of him after. But I managed to ask him a question because it was like a free-for-all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he answered my question. I was asking if, like, they ever have any creative differences or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, he said to give a serious thought. He was a really, really cool dude. Um, there was a, uh, a girl that was kind of, like, beyond the scrum uh, that was also a journalist trying to ask questions. And he stopped and was like, do you have a question? Because um, obviously she, she was just, you know, come partially hidden there. So I like that. But, um, yeah, that was probably one of the wildest interviews, Danny, absolutely. Awesome. And I need to see that picture now. So I think you need to send it to me I, and post it. I will. <laughs> I will. Totally intrigued. <laughs> Well, let, let me let, let's 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 talk about you a little bit because because I that's why I wanted to talk to you in the first place because like you have truly done so much, um, so much podcasting, so much interviewing, so much by and large for the community. So, what about you? What 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 made you want to get into podcasting? Like you know, back in because you started in twenty seventeen somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Thereabouts? There is something about my personality that I can't do anything halfway. I'm either in or I'm out. So people are like, how can you do so many episodes? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with something or I just totally don't care about something. So there's no in between. It's just my personality and I can't change it. So <laughs> that's that. Nor should you. Nor should you because it's working for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I just wanted to have um, really good conversations and I've, always, I've been an English teacher for 17 years and I just wanted to have really good conversations about books and being an English teacher, you talk about authors all the time, you talk about author intent and their purpose and, you know, a lot of the time you're guessing or you're reading about, you know, blurbs or interviews or whatever and I thought, you know, I want to ask questions that I have, you know, that maybe other people have about, about that. And so I had a friend who um, he did MasterChef and he still does Bake Off uh, podcast episodes and I asked him for advice and he just goes, like, just stop thinking about it and just do it. Like, just ask someone to talk to mm -hmm. you and just do it. So I liked that advice because otherwise I'd probably be still be thinking about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I interviewed John Larkin. It seemed to go well and then I just thought, all right, let's do this. And it's so funny because I, I just interviewed Jackie French before we're talking and I interviewed her on episode 10 way back in 2018, I think. And, um, you know, I just said, can't believe she spoke to me after episode 10. Like, what was words of nerds? And then I spoke to her again, and I think her episode's going to be about 292. So isn't that wild? That is so wild. But, like, awesome, yes? Like, it yeah. shows that, wow, so much, like, oh, the progress cool. that you've made, like, particularly because obviously, like, 
when you started off, yeah, I mean, like, and that's that's, that's what's cool. Like, there was the, your tagline is small yeah. podcast for your ideas. Well, it's become kind of a big podcast as well. <laughs> so it's not like. Do I have to change but, it? You know, podcast, small ideas. <laughs> maybe you might you you might have to at this stage. At what point does it become going from small to big? Because. Just you're, don't you're, like the small ideas bit, Sam. I think also fair enough. Oh, fair enough. Fair. No, very, fair, very, very fair. <laughs> but um, that's wild. That's wild. I mean, like, because surely it's now exceeded your wildest expectations. No, like from from what you originally kind of started off with, the most pure wholesome intentions of of just talking to writers and asking the questions you wanted to write, you wanted to hear the answers to. And then it's gone, you know, getting kissing close to 300 episodes, you know. Well, how do you feel about that? Like looking back at all you've accomplished and, you know, how much, how far you've come. Yeah, um, it is funny because I had no expectations. I actually think when I started, I looked and I think most podcasts have um, 100 episodes. I think 100 listens, I think an episode perhaps. And that's sort of average. And I thought, oh, well, if I can just get average, that'd be cool. And well, I don't know how I feel about it because when I, I don't know, I, just, I don't think it's computed in my brain yet because now, you know, the podcast is having tens of thousands of listens a month and I'm like, is this a mistake? Like I'm sure SoundCloud are going to ring me one day and go, you know those stats you're looking at, they're wrong. They're wrong, Danny. We've been making a mistake. No, <laughs> no, no. Def's not. Def's definitely got Def's 100 not. listens. So I kind of like, you know, I'm, I I know, I don't know if it's, it's, I, I guess because I work a lot at it and I'm not complaining because it's what I love and it you know, channels my anxiety into something positive, but I, I spend a lot of hours on it. So I guess that just feels mm. like, you know, those hours have paid off because people are listening. To be honest with you, I'd still do it if 100 people listened because I love doing it. But mm. it just makes you think, wow, like people are enjoying these conversations and they're part of this community. So it's a special thing, I think. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I think I'm, I'm glad that you can kind of look at it and appreciate um the accomplishment because like yeah you do so much and I, I don't know how you do it I don't know how you do it like you've got you got a full-time job um with kids and you write I know you write as well uh and you do at least at least one a week at least one if not two slash three like I, and you're so fastidious about how it's organized as well and it's just staggeringly awesome and cool to see yeah, to, to see the, the fruits of your labour achieved like that and, and and what's kind of out there and people responding to it. Of course they're going to respond to it. I mean, like, um, that's you, that's Danny V. Like, you're a cool person that's, there's no pretension, there's no pomp. You're just clearly a writer that clearly loves writing, clearly loves reading really awesome stuff and talking to cool people, man. I think that's kind of, for me, at least, um, when I started listening, was was the appeal. And since then, that's that's prevailed throughout and I think that's probably why you probably like looking at your stats would be ever sort of proliferating like that because people are like yeah she's she's on my level she's a she's a real person she's she loves reading and writing and that's why I can relate to it and want to listen well that's very sweet Sam but you got to stop complimenting me or I'll stop being so well stop being like <laughs> stop making it easy like yeah no no all men all men all men well, turning the tables here I've had enough of talking about myself for the moment how many episodes Sam and what have you learned so far? Look, I'm, just, I'm definitely still at baby stage. Uh, <laughs> I launched November last year, and I didn't know how to use uh, I didn't know how to use Zoom to record. So <laughs> the, 
the first, it was a bit of a shame job because the first, like it was like trial by fire, baptism by fire, because the first couple of people I spoke to was Monica McInerney and Fiona McIntosh, yeah. So like some some pretty pretty upper echelon type writers there. So what I did was I still had the mic, which is similar to yours, I think. I think yours, yours looks a little bit more flash than mine. But I'd get like a stack of books and then I'd put them there and then and then I would like call a number and then I would put the, the number on loudspeaker. So it was like it was like it was like the mic was picking up the conversation, obviously. Yeah. It was only the it was the first three. It was the first three. But yeah, I got hope gotten hopelessly sidetracked. Sorry. So yeah, I've, I've started in November and now we're in what March. So we're looking at about a dozen or so episodes and lots to come. Lots to come. And I think that I, I dare say something that you kind of um experienced as well when once it's once it starts. Um, you start speaking to some really cool publicists that are like, there's a book that you haven't even heard of. It's not even on your radar. And yeah. And then, so yeah, it's, it's getting full up until, well, you know, next few months. So very exciting, but, but still at the moment to answer your original question, my very long winded way, I think about a dozen episodes so far. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I love what you're doing. And I, I feel the same. I love it when books find me. You know, you mm. think I may not have picked that book up on the shelf or maybe I wouldn't have picked it up for whatever reason and it comes to you and you're like, oh, this is amazing. So what, what yeah. which book has that happened to you in the last sort of, in the last 12 episodes or so, which book found you? Ah, oh, my God, that's a very good question. Um, uh, the the the. One in which I'm about to be doing on Monday, which is a memoir, uh, 14 with Shannon Malloy. Uh, that's, that's, yes. So uh, wasn't on my radar, didn't know about it. Um, very much now is on my radar, very much now know about it. Um, uh, haven't been so profoundly affected by a book uh, in a while. So yes, that book found me. I cannot wait to talk to Shannon Malloy. Yeah, that was that was a very recent example of that. Probably the greatest example thus far. That's awesome. I can't wait to listen to that one. Thank you. Now let's turn it back <laughs> on you before you come in. So, look, what about what about you? What about you? Let's let's talk about because you, you've got you've got um, an absolute wealth of stories now. So, some so tell me what, what's your funniest standout story or one of because I don't oh, you can't really. It's kind of like asking which is your favorite kid. Like let's let's be serious about your hyperbole. Yeah. Like it, it really, don't it ask really me. Is like that. That's right. No, you you put your blood, your sweat, your tears, your love in every episode. So there's not a favorite, but there's a really embarrassing one. So I'm happy to tell you that. Oh, please go. I'm I'm keen to hear. Please go. <laughs> so, okay, in my backpacking days when I was in my 20s um i loved rusty young's book marching powder and i took it it's this massive book right but i take it backpacking with me as you do you know like i'd rather take a book than clothes so i've got, mm-hmm. I've got this massive book hanging around in my bag and i just love it you know i just love it and then he brings out this other book about um child, children's soldiers and it's just awful and terrifying and harrowing but he's just this brilliant writer who does this amazing research so somehow i nabbed this interview with him right and I forget how to speak, Sam. I'm just really overwhelmed with nerves. He's like sitting on this white leather couch and he's broken his shoulder bone. So he's laying on this white leather couch, like some kind of Q 
king or pharaoh or something and I just forget how to speak and ask questions and I'm jumbling all my questions up and I'm mixing up Colombia with Bolivia and he's a journalist right so he's like who is this idiot interviewing me so for the first time and last hopefully I had to stop the interview and go Rusty I'm really sorry I'm just really overwhelmed at the moment I've been you know loving your books I know you're a journalist blah 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 I'm just gonna have a drink just gonna count to 10 I'm just gonna start again <laughs> he was laying on the lounge with his broken shoulder bone going yeah no worries <laughs> I just thought wow he must have thought I was a total idiot <laughs> no 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 oh, I think he so, so. would have picked up no, no, no way, no way, no way. I like the pharaoh. I like the pharaoh description. <laughs> he wouldn't have thought that. No, so if I ever see him in real life, I'm going to run and hide in the bathrooms. <laughs> Just because you said that, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And I'll be messaging. It will messaging. happen at a festival. I'll be on Twitter and I'll be, look, I've hidden in the toilets until he leaves. <laughs> I wouldn't feel too bad about that. That's a good badge of honor. That's that's a good badge of honor. At least, yeah, no, 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 no. That's a good one. He'd be just, chill about that. I just I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, especially, I find it really um, even more nerve wracking when you interview a journalist because yeah. they've done this, you know, they're probably better at it than you or have some actual qualification. Yeah. So when you speak to a journalist and you get it wrong, you're like, wow, really did a hack job on that one. So. Oh. That's why I edit, Sam. So if, if you listen to it, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to be. That's a good way to be. That's a good way to be. You should start upping the stakes down. You should start doing stuff live stream so that way no editing up the stakes. And, and did you know who I decided to live stream? Don't you? Matthew Riley. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. But you <laughs> give it, like nothing bad happened. And, <laughs> and, I mean, you're both masters at it. Like Matt Riley interviewed him a couple of times. He, um, yeah, he, uh, I'm pretty sure the apocalypse could be going on around him and he'd still be able to sit there perfectly yeah. articulate, so, tell you, you know, everything that you want to hear. Yeah, so calm yeah. and so down to earth. But, you know, like you said, I was like, yeah, I'll put my feelers out and do a bit of live streaming. And, you know, I just didn't start small. Let's just start with Matthew Riley. But you succeeded him. So from here on in, I think that's the rule now. No editing. Boom. Take no, the stage. No oh, <laughs> I'm no, not taking no. that challenge. Up. You're ready. You're ready. Challenge unaccepted. <laughs> Boy. Fair. Very fair. Very, very fair. And then the next one is like going on national live television or something like that. God, I'll be like, mistakes. oh, I won't be able to cope. I was already like forgetting how to speak. I was like, just read your questions, Danny. It's not that hard. Seriously. <laughs> so No. What are your future plans for the right way? What's what's in store? What's in your brain? What's coming up? What do you what do you uh, like like most like most of the time? There's not all that much going on in the old in the old organ. Um, <laughs> to be honest, like to be honest, to be honest, like I, like I don't know if that's a rightly answer. I'm supposed to give like a real kind of like deep brooding answer. No, to we're know. we're honest and vulnerable here. It's true. It's tr- it's true. It's very true. Um, I don't know, Danny. It's 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 wild. Like it's wild. It's like it's like you know like asking you that question four or five years ago, you know, and then you, you, you just can't predict what's, what's going to happen with it because, you know, and like, like you, like the way which, you know, you kind of said what in terms of you originally had desired for your podcast, which was, you know, to talk to people, talk to writers, ask the questions that you want to hear that you might not always be able to from, from other interviewers. Um, I just want to keep doing that, but 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm just going off the flow. I really just like you, like I really like enjoy speaking um, to, to, to writers, to, to cool people. And, you know, there's some really good eggs out there and um, I haven't really had my fingers, but I haven't really had any bad experiences and I'm just really been enjoying it. And yeah, like, like you also said with the whole books, finding you kind of thing. So I feel like when you have that sort of, not so much carefree attitude, but like a, a willingness and acceptance of come what may. I think that it can pleasantly surprise you. And yeah, that's probably what I'm going to go with. I, I just want to keep interviewing people um, one at a time. And then who knows? Who knows? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know that much. I know no, that much. I like what about that. you? Well, I like the organicness of it, you know, like I, I like mm. saying let's just do what feels right, you know, and you're in charge of your own podcast. You don't have to answer to anyone, which is nice because at work, you know, you're always answering to people. So it's nice to have something Absolutely. that's it's just yours, that's creative. You can make your own decisions. You can meet really cool people, have the best discussions that, you know, you'll probably ever have. I mean, what more do you want? True. Very, very true. And like, yeah, it's it's just something that uh, there's so much, there's so many people to talk to. There's, you know, there's never a shortage. And um, I think Australia is really, really good in that uh, Aussie writers uh, and and international, but I think that there's just a really good community here of people that want to talk and uh, uh, that aren't precious. And they're, they're, you know, um, someone might talk, on one podcast and then they're like absolutely to another you know and they're really forthcoming and just really honest about their art and their craft and, and talking to you and you know connecting with other people and that's that's a really cool thing and that kind of makes it obviously a lot easier as well to you know get into this with you know uh just going up the flow and seeing how it goes and then next thing you know you're 287 plus episodes <laughs> in and counting you know and and all this amazing stuff that that you're doing, which I only know like a tenth of, like there's all this sort of stuff. I'm seeing like a Ben Hobson type cartoon. Spin-off, with yeah. The burgers and beers, like the spin-offs. You've got spin-offs now. <laughs> You've got your, you're like a, the, a leader of a franchise where you now have spin-offs and it's all through consistent, awesome hard work. And it's, again, like, you know, if we talked to Danny V of 2017 and said, do you know that there's, there's spin-offs coming? You'd be like, <laughs> No, like, I do wait, not know that. I'm just trying to figure out how to record this thing. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> I sure I sure hope this is recording right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What are you talking yeah. about a spin-off? I don't understand. What about what about um some of the podcasts in which you've been listening to, Danny? I wanted to beat you to that question. What 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 was it? What have you been listening to or what has really, really grabbed you within this sort of uh sphere of writing literary sort of minded podcasts? All right, so I'm going to go off track a little bit and then come back on track, right? So I've sure. been doing, I'm doing these mashups. Okay, okay. I've no <laughs> been doing these mashups. So it'll make sense, I promise. So with you, you know, with the right way, and then I spoke to um, Claudine Tanellis yep. from the Aussie um, Aussie Talking Books yep. today and um, the Middle Grade Maven. So I've been doing all these sort of um, crossovers because I thought I don't speak, we speak, we've got a wonderful book community, but we have all these podcasts and we're all separate doing our own thing. And I thought, imagine if we came together to talk mm. about what we do and to learn about you know what we do and maybe we can give each other advice because that would have been invaluable three years ago um and just to talk about and have our own community you know and so I had this idea as I was typing your question Sam I'm like oh, I'm typing, oh what 
why don't we have a community of podcasters? So of course I started a Facebook group for podcasters. And I also included, you know, live streamers and YouTubers because we're all creating content. And so I just think having that community. So I guess the people that I have um, sort of been mashing up with, they're the podcasts I listen to. So The Right Way and One More Page and Middle Grade Mavens and, um, you know, Aussie Talking, Talking Aussie Books. So I guess they're the ones I've been listening to and they're the ones I'm thinking, you know, oh, why, why don't we talk together, you know, and we can talk about what we do, what we do different. Because we all do, in effect, kind of the same thing in that we all talk to authors, but we all do it differently. You know, we all have our different ideas. We all have a different angle, you know, like I liked your angle about the challenges, no matter, you know, where you are in the in the process of your, your writing. Um, I tend to look at it sort of from a reading perspective and a little bit of writing, but and I like stories. So I always go off on tangents about the world. Like, oh, tell me about your deepest, darkest secrets, you know. So we all have our own kind of thing. So I thought let's all come together because it's really funny. And I can't remember who it was. But I had someone come on and they were like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be awkward because I'm a podcast of this, you know, other literary podcast. And I'm like, why would it be awkward? I think we should all talk together and share each other's work and be on each other's podcast. And so I guess that kind of steamrolled, you know, because I was like, no, we're not in competition with each other. Like there's enough talent in our country to talk to them all. Um, We should be each other's allies, not competition. So I don't know, in a roundabout way, that kind of answered your question, I guess. I did. It asked my question for sure. And I'm totally with you on that. Like we are all, uh, it is not a competition. There is enough talent out there. And I feel like everyone, it's it's all a passion project. I think the the near uh, near entirety of people that you're going to speak to and encounter doing it purely for the love, purely for the passion. Uh, no one's getting into it with the intention of saying the big bucks because <laughs> uh, the big bucks aren't, aren't all too plentiful. But um, the passion, the love, and the you know the vibe is is plentiful. Yeah. Is is it's a wealth of that. Yeah. None of us are Oprah yet, Sam. No, no not, <laughs> not yet. Not for one of trying, but still, 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 just keep you know, keep chipping away, kind of thing. That's very funny. So what I want to know your book highlights for 2021. What have been your Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear your response. <laughs> but uh okay, so I've got a few. Um I feel like I'm hoping I'm not gonna to sound too beige, but it's just it's just that of the that's just the they're just the best books in just the nation. Just to be honest. Just so be honest. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, Animals of That Country by Lord Jim Kai. Uh that book blew me away. It still does. I still think about it. Um uh I've I've heard that she took something like 10 years to write it, con- wow. constant redrafts. Um, and it's just it's just an amazing, amazing story. Um the way in which she's captured the communication of, of animals in a way that's not really speech, but it kind of is. And the authenticity of that and realising this kind of um, this incredible premise um, throughout and, and prevailing throughout was just, it just absolutely blew me away. Uh, Sophie Laguna's uh, Infinite Splendors, uh, Infinite Splendor blew me away as well. Um, she... Her prose is just like so light that it feels like it's going to fly off the page, um, but bare bones. Like it's 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 minimal, it's understated, and with that, she can create these Im- the immense scale of some pretty hard to properly and earnestly depict stuff like an artist's eye, the beauty of nature, the ineffability of creativity, all that sort of stuff. All that knocked me you know, knocked me for six. Um, Shuggy Bane, Shuggy Bane, uh, I just, I've, 
I'm including it because I, I finished it early and kind of around January the 1st. Um, Man Booker, well-deserved. Uh, that story is, again, something that I just keep thinking about, keep revisiting. It's something that I will, I know that I'll come back to time and time again. Um, what else? Um, oh, I've been reading as well. I, I don't know if you count as reading, but I really, really love this cartoonist called Edward Gorey, who was kind of in his heyday from the 50s, and I just finished reading uh, The Posthumous Life of Edward Gorey, uh, which is by an American writer, um, which is an incredible tale because it was a man of a very story, interesting life. Uh, I managed to get one of the books, which is about 14 of Edward Gorey's kind of smaller books called uh, Goryisms. And I like breaking it up sometimes with reading text and then trying to uh, read something like of a different sort of medium. So that one, particularly because he's just such a master of the craft, uh, they're piffy, they're funny, they're dark. You know, that no two are the same. And uh, his style is just so, the hand-drawn cross-patch style is just phenomenal. Yeah, I could, I could go on, but but I kind of want to hear what yours have been or some of yours because, yeah, Irma Gold. They sound amazing. Um, yeah, the start of the year, just really strong. Um, the Last Thing to Burn by Will Dean just knocked me off my feet. So The Last Thing to Burn, I sat down. I love this when this happens. I sat down at maybe 7 o'clock, sat down to just, you know, start the book and thought I'll just start the book and get into it before I have to interview Will. Uh, didn't leave the couch till about 1 a.m. in the morning after lots of tea and lots of chocolate because I had to get to the end of this book. And I found myself, I know it's a cliche, but I found myself actually on the edge of my seat when I finished the last page and I went whoa that was intense so yeah that's a wow that's amazing and then I spoke to him that is a good endorsement yeah he lives in um this really remote forest and he said he can walk for a day in any direction and still be on his property and there was this aerial shot of his property and his house with all this forest just all around it it's just amazing like what an artist's dream like if you could do that imagine that you could just create art all day and not be interrupted strangely enough sam he also had very good wi-fi in that swedish forest so what more do you need really yeah wow that's that's remote that's remote i was just picking the main thing i just picked up from from what you were just saying then was the you can walk in any direction yeah. any any for a day and a you're day. still on the same property that's right. yeah probably Whoa, that's remote probably, that's very remote if you walked with me i walked pretty slow so probably two days <laughs> well, I feel I feel safer if I was if I was with you. But I mean, it's Sweden, like it's not like Australia, where like if you're going to walk, one, the sun's going to kill you. Two, like twelve different snake. types of snakes and spiders will kill you. Yeah. Do they have this? Is this is going to be a stupid question if I'm wrong? But are, like, are they like bears or something in Sweden? Oh, you are asking the wrong person. <laughs> I, I. There is no. someone listening, going a moose. Oh, what an idiot! There are no bears in Sweden. There's someone listening. Deers, moose, maybe. There, there'll be some things that could Stag. happen. I'm sure. Yeah, I think you're more. I think you're more correct. But I'm going to Google it straight after to see how stupid I'm. I am too. <laughs> um, Don't think it's stupid. The next one I liked, um, Blacktop Wasteland by S. A. Cosby. That was um, really, really good. And I found that book from Craig Sisterson. We did this um, crime panel thing, another live stream where the best sort of crime critics from around the world from each continent, actually four continents, not all of them, we just had four, um, talked about their favourite books. And it was so interesting, Sam. Not only was that book, like, amazing, but we talked about, I asked a question in the beginning to talk about, well, you know, what what makes crime fiction, and you'll love this because you're a crime fiction writer, mm. what makes 
crime fiction from your continent different? And I just found the answers so fascinating because we had a critic from South Africa and she said that because they sort of live in a world where at times in some places there is quite a lot of crime, their crime fiction deals with uh, social justice and, Mm. um, you know, getting the criminal in the end and giving people hope. And that's different to the crime fiction, you know, that we have here or, or they have in America. So I just found that really interesting and then you know and that's why I love crime fiction I don't know about you Sam but I love how it reflects the world so well in dark ways obviously but it reflects what's going on in the world so well and you know it doesn't pull any punches I guess and I guess that's what resonates crime fiction with me getting totally off track anyway one more book before I just rave on forever um The Push The Push by Ashley Audrain obviously I've got about a million I could say but um The Push by Ashley Audrain that was another one of those books that I couldn't put down and it was written in um, my favourite, actually, present tense, first person. So it puts you immediately in the story and from the very first moment. I love that um, that way of writing, though. And it was just really another sort of intense, creepy book. So that's another one that I really enjoyed this year. Mad. Thank goodness we're recording because <laughs> my top wasteland is um, Craig Sisson. He came to um, uh, the, the class we're in with, with Robin. That's right. And yeah, 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 yeah. It was just this, just this, absolutely, just the most delightful kind of Kiwi person that you could ever possibly. Who just well, was a walking encyclopedia yeah. of crime knowledge, wealth of knowledge, and he's yeah. put that he's put that knowledge into a book. He wrote this great book about all different types of crime fiction novels that you should read. So yeah, and Black Top Wasteland. Um, I, I, I I've got to read that. Like I I, I know. That it's been rave, rave, um, rave review from yeah. you, from Craig Sisterson, from like everyone that I've heard. And his new book, his follow up, yeah. um, that's coming out sounds so intense. Like, I'll definitely, I, it's like Razor something. It's, yeah. um, oh, that's, oh my God. Yeah. Sam, I think it's already not, been. I'm not a car person, right? So if, if a guy wants to impress me with a car, like he best be driving a food <laughs> truck that sells tacos, right? Because I don't care about cars. <laughs> <laughs> but this he makes car chases like sexy and i don't even know how i was really enjoying mm. it going that's weird i don't even care about cars so anyway there's that oh that's amazing yeah <laughs> absolutely oh that's so cool yes yes for sure well let's I, let's let's talk Danny, mm. about your writing mm. and what's going on with your writing because i like <laughs> i got to hear some at the in the the class and i just remember there was some zingers um there was something about a rolling around the skull and it was like a talking about a thought but it was just like this i'm so paraphrasing but i just i just remember it i remember you reading it out and i was like oh yeah she yeah she is a good writer she gets it so what's what's going on what's happening with your with your writing what what do you work you you are working on a, a novel aren't you yeah, that's very nice of you, Sam. And you'd be one of the very few people who have actually heard my writing so far. So you're in a very small group. Um, oh, yeah, it's a very privileged group. I feel very tired. <laughs> so um, that book, that oh, that novel I was writing during our class, it still exists. I got to about 60,000 words and then got totally stuck, right? Like I didn't know where to go. So okay. Nano NaNoWriMo started, right? And yep, then, yep, so, yep. My mate Adrian Beck on the 1st of November, mind you, says, hey, let's do NaNo and let's like record it and let's get two other people. I'm like, 
okay, you realise it starts today. So anyway, we did an episode that night, right, with um, Tristan Banks and Julianne Negri. And so I finally sort of, I finally admitted that I was writing something because I was just doing it in secret. Um, <laughs> and so we did this, you know, nano. And so I wrote 60,000 words or close to 60 in the month because, you know, I was with a bunch of published authors. I needed to at least hit the word count, right? Otherwise, what am I doing there? Um, so that particular manuscript I've been working on since November. Okay. Um, so I'm up to about 70,000 words and I'm nearly finished it. I know it's not quite long enough, but what I want to do now, I'm getting a manuscript assessment um, through Angela Meyer, who I love and adore and I love her work and I oh. trust her judgment. I think she's amazing. So I'm going to give her that at the end of April and then I have scheduled in my diary about a week of self-doubt another week of crying, another week of um, giving up writing forever. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It, I feel that in my soul. I feel it in my soul. <laughs> because, you know, I've got three weeks of all that stuff and then on the fourth week I'm actually going back to that manuscript that I was working on in the class with you. And the oh, good. Okay, yeah. Because as I was writing the nano one, I got unstuck. So. Oh, yeah, so I needed to unstick it and leave putting it aside. I've heard that works and it did. Um, so I've I've got a solution to my problems. <laughs> so when the so I'm, I'm not going to think. Well, I will think about it, but I'm going to try not to think about the manuscript I sent to Angela. I'm just going to go. It's gone to her now. There's nothing I can do, and just crack on with the next one, and then just crack on with the next one, and just keep cracking on with the next one. And one day, hopefully, you know, something will come of it. So that's my story. Oh, that's a good story. That makes me incredibly happy to hear, Danny. That's so awesome. That is that is that is fantastic news. Oh my god, unstuck, yeah? yeah, because you weren't thinking about it and you gave it some time, and then boom, yeah. And then and then so you got two. You got two somewhat so on the go. I, like, I just I just don't want to sit around thinking about what Angela's thinking of it, you know? Because I just that makes me paranoid and makes me want to cry in a corner. So I'm just gonna. Just send it and then start on another yeah. one and not think about it because otherwise, you know, I've only scheduled one week of self-doubt and one week of crying and then I have to oh, go. That's, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. That's a very, very good plan. That's Are they standalone? Mean, or No, standalone. Well, actually, it's funny because I've got, you know, the protagonist, like she was a bit of a kick-ass female in the one that I wrote yep. you. It's yeah, kind yeah. of kind of similar character in the next one. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting that they're quite similar. So I don't know. They could be the same person, I guess. But I'm going to write them as standalone. But there could be a thread. But I haven't. No, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm glad you wait. are because I'm just like I spoke to one of my mates today, and I'm like, as it gets nearer to the manuscript assessment, I feel like my writing sucks more each day. He's like, totally normal. Just that's normal. I'm like, all right, I'll believe you. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the and what thing. about no, you? No, 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 that's so good. You said you felt self-doubt in your soul, Sam, and I heard some of your work and that's why we clicked because we're like, yeah, he's my person. He's, he's my people. Oh, oh, well, yes, in, in that regard, absolutely. Um, I feel it every day in my in my bones, but... um. Yeah, uh, it's wild. It's a wild ride, Danny. I've been doing it for a long time. I've been doing it since I'm th uh, 32, 33 come August. I've been writing since I got out of school since I was 18. Mm -hmm. I've written like eight of them. Um, and 
yeah, of, of varying degrees of terror warness. And <laughs> the, so there, there was, there was, yeah, there's one that I've been working on. Cause when I came to the crime workshop, like I had like a very basic idea, which I still have, which I haven't really developed uh, more on that in a sec, but uh, the thing that I have been working on and like, I've been working on it for a couple of two or three years is um, this big historical fiction novel which was just this behemoth that was like 160,000 words. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> so I kind of like left it for a while and got the free, you know, you acquire the fresh set of eyes. And then I came back and I've been working on that. So sorry, sorry, sorry. I went and did a course at the Australian Writer Centre. I did the um, the writing, like your novel stage. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was a whole thing. It was for six months. Yeah. With uh, the lovely Bernadette Foley. And. Uh, when I got in, so I came in with a like an outline of the um, the overall uh, story, like what happened, and uh, people read it and they were they were kind, but even with kind feedback, I was like, this sucks. I, this isn't the story I wanted to tell. So I binned it. Uh, it was a hundred thousand words, and I binned it, and then so I started again with the just the the very very bare bones basic premise, and um, yeah, I've been working on that since. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know what's I don't know what's going to happen with it. Still working on it. Still, it's getting sm- it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, which is good. Um, but yeah, and yeah. You know too. what? For me, the account because I was always an abandoner, right? Because you read beautiful things and you speak to beautiful authors, and you're like, why am I bothering? Like, I can never be that good. And so I was a massive abandoner. And Nano taught me to just just finish the words, just get them yep. down, you know. And I was accountable to my Nano group who we'd be checking in once a week and not we'd be checking in once a week publicly, but we'd be checking in every day or every second day. How many words have you written? How many words have you written? And that made me accountable and think, you know, well, I've got a team here who have let me into their little circle. I, I at least need to make the word count. So now I've, I've hope, I'm hoping to stop being an abandoner and um, to just finish it and and it was, I got some really good advice. I was just doing an interview with um, Georgia Richter. She she published a book um, about how to, how to write. She's an editor. And I said to her, how do you know when your manuscript is finished? And I really like what she said, and I just keep it in my head. She said, you've got to take the manuscript as far as you can take it, as far as it will go. So if there's a little thing you're not happy with, a little character who's not that developed or whatever, even if it's niggling in your head, she goes, you know, you'll know when you're finished it. And so I like that idea of taking it as far as you can go and then putting the full stop on it and either sending it out or getting some feedback or whatever. So I know it's still a bit vague, but I think it really stuck in my head. And that's, you know, after I've been writing each chapter, is that as far as I can go with that chapter for now yes move on to the next one because I'm at the sort of real editing stage of the story's done I'm just going back and sort of you know editing bits and pieces here and you know making sure it makes sense and there's no plot holes which I'm sure you know Angela will find and I'll be happy for them to for her to find them because that's what I'm sort of wanting her to do so yeah I thought that advice was cool it is good advice. It is good advice. And it is about like, yeah, you just, cause it's, it's like this living base that you're kind of like symbiotically, you know, bound to, yeah. Like you're yeah. like attached to it. So to, yeah. to, to actually get to the point where you're comfortable with um, kind of severing that time and then give it to someone else. Um, come what may is, is definitely absolutely is really, really tough. You're definitely not an abandoner, Danny. You don't, you're definitely not an abandoner. No, an abandoner is like, like if you if you kind of like half got an idea, but like you know, but you with the and I remember when the NaNoWriMo thing was going on, um, seeing your posts and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, that's awesome! Like 
you're smashing it. That's so good because I, I think that it's a, it's a weird one than an ironic because it's a double-edged sword, like in terms of what you were talking about is the best aspects of it, which is like, um, you know, the accountability. You don't, I think you just got to find your people. Like you just got to yeah. find your people and find your vibe because I think that it can, you know, if someone is uh, doesn't have the right people, they don't have any people and they're, they're trying to do it and they see numbers where people like, first week and they're like oh i've hit my 100,000 target or something like that and then you're like you know that doesn't help that doesn't help you but you've done the right way like you've, you've literally you know you've gotten a, a good good squad there that um you yeah, there's the accountability and the, just the general sending the good vibes to each other and stuff like that that's definitely the best way to do it i reckon yeah. and i think it matters as well like they're people that not only who are obviously you know raw published writers and you know julian's published one book but you know tristan and adrian they're, they're accomplished and they've been in the industry for a long time and so not only do i respect them as authors but i really respect them as human beings and so i think there's that double thing of can't let them down I've got to at least do my word count and show that I'm, I'm in this as well you know and I guess we all pushed each other along you know because mm. some, some weeks or you'd have a bad week or a bad day and then you'd see other people's word counts you're like okay head down let's get to it so I think that was kind of cool hey Sam last question right for both of us to answer this is actually your question I'm stealing it but I'll answer it too um does it go if go you on. could if you could interview oh. anyone <laughs> living dead made up you could interview a made up character i just added that in then who would it be and why <laughs> you know, i wrote that question i'm like oh that's a good one i didn't i didn't i didn't ask myself that question because <laughs> i just um do you want some thinking music yeah do you have some Are you hum it? <laughs> how's that gonna go but badly <sighs> uh, like okay first of all yeah like you know there's, there's a lot of writers that I love, um, you know, there's people that would just be so cool to hang out with, um, you know. But then you got to ask yourself, like, what well, do you, do, you know, you know, you're never supposed to meet your idols, yeah. So, like, do you just interview someone that, you know, whose work is is incredible and prolific, or do you know, do you interview um, someone that you know you absolutely adore? I mean, like, I adore. Um, Got none of his books there. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I adore uh, China Meville. Um, fantastic uh, contemporary. So he's he's alive. He's very much alive. That man is like a, like member of Mensa level of intelligence. I I would be way way too scared to to talk to that guy. I'd love to hear him. I've, I've you know watched many interview, but I never want to talk to him. Um, Edward Gorey, the the cartoonist. But again, like I don't know if we'd get along. I don't know if we'd vibe. Um, William Somerset Maugham. Um, George Elliott, the Bronte sisters, you know, mm-hmm. if I got to go to a dinner party and hang out with them, oh, that'd be pretty cool. How great um, would that be? But it would be so great. It would be so great. But, yeah, the list goes on, but I would always be beset with that, you know, that, that quandary of, you know, is do you do you actually want to, you know, meet this this person or would you rather, you know, keep them in your mind's eye and then it never progresses from there because you just love them from their work, you know? You know, it's, it's a tough one. But what about you? Well, I think I'm pretty predictable because I talk about Oscar Wilde all the time. <laughs> so, there we go. He has to be mine. And I'll tell you why. Not in not only because The Picture of Dorian Gray is my favourite book ever and I reread it all the time. Mm. Um, you know, it's the original crime fiction, not the original, but it's kind of, kind of not crime fiction, but it's kind of creepy. It's good. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that he was a man that went outside the grain of society and his context. He, he was born in the wrong context. You know, he was like, this is who I am. And, you know, he got jailed for his, his book. He was jailed for that. And what I find really interesting and so 
sad about his life is that he he loved you know he always said you know give in to temptation and and do all the things that make you you know, feel good and pleasurable but then he ended up going to jail and ended up dying in a life of poverty so i find that juxtaposition really interesting of the life that he sought to lead and the life that you know he had in the end and i find that really sad and tragic but as well as that he wrote the manuscript, um, the picture of Joy and Grey, the original one, and it was so, like, even you know, more saucy than the current one that we have in our hands. But he had to change it because he was going to get arrested for it. And I want to read that manuscript, so I need to have dinner with Oscar Wilde so we can sit together for maybe a long weekend, and he can just read me the original manuscript because I need to know what was in that, Sam. What a wow! That was a incredibly considered and excellent answer. I'm I wish I could steal that answer because, yeah. What era would you want to talk to him? Like, if you got to pick, would you want to when he's like the toast of the town of London when he's still, you know, like mm. a, a popular sort of gadabout? Or no, I need the whole gamut know? of the experience. So I need to bring him back from the afterlife, and I need the whole gamut of you know high society, then what happened to him, how tragic and how awful it was and how, you know, the injustice of it. So I need the full gamut of the Oscar Wilde experience. So I'll bring you. Very good answer. He'll be like, why did you bring me here in the bloody (laughs) pandemic? What are you doing, lady? No, he wouldn't. He'd make the most of it. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be, yeah, he he would be just fine chilling in the living room, maybe for a couple of drinks. Yeah, or maybe more than that. If you've read Dwayne Gray, we might be out in the streets. Um, I have. I'm trying to see. I don't don't even have it here. We might be out in the, we'll be out in the seedy streets of Sydney, Sam, getting up to no good, I reckon. Yeah, there's plenty of, maybe maybe they're a little bit cleaner now because of the lockdown. No one's one's out (laughs) kind of up to to no good, but who knows? (laughs) He'll know the place to go. He'll know. Absolutely. (laughs) Sam, as always, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I love chatting to you. It's just like we're kind of, you know, at the pub. Maybe we'll do that one day. We'll go and talk. I would love that. That would be so cool, right? I would absolutely love that. And I think we need to do, we need to do this talk at the end of the year too, I reckon. And we'll say, Hey, you know, we talked about your podcast. You were 12 episodes in. What are you in now? What's happening? So let's do a catch up later in the year. Done done deal. Done deal. Absolutely. No, you're an absolutely awesome human being, Danny. I love everything that you do. I think you're a great human being. Truly mean that uh, with our shred of hyperbole, you're absolutely awesome. I love what you do. And I think that you doing what you do ostensibly, even though you're just, you know, wanting to talk to people and ask them the questions is really, really done a lot for promoting uh, the community. And I truly mean it. You're an awesome person. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it well. And a lot of people love what you're doing. Thank you so much, Sam. You're awesome too. And I love chatting to you. We'll do it again. Awesome. Thank you.